I know those of you guys have been going to our campus large groups. You guys pretty much know what tonight's theme is. You guys probably know what I'm going to talk about. Uh, if you guys are expecting like a good talk on like emotions and feelings, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but uh, I'm actually going to preach for a little bit today. Uh, is that okay with you guys? Oh, is that okay with you guys? Are you sure? All right. Uh, if you guys have your Bibles, I hope you have your Bibles. Can you guys open up to Second Corinthians chapter three? Get out your nice, shiny Bibles and phones and open to Second Corinthians chapter three. I'm going to read verses 12 to 18 to you guys. Follow along with me. This is from the ESV. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Second Corinthians chapter three. All right. One more time. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end, but their minds were hardened. For to this day, when they read the old covenant, the same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Amen. So tonight, we're going to talk about veils. Veils that cover your face. All right, so if you're taking notes, veils. Veils. V. Veils. Uh, if you're taking notes, mental notes, real notes, tonight's message is titled, Take the Veil Off. Oh, take that veil off. All right. So here, Apostle Paul is talking about how we are a people who live according to the new covenant, not the old covenant. And so in order to understand this passage, you guys are going to need some context, which I will give. The old covenant or the Mosaic covenant, Mosaic law, was made between God and the Israelites through Moses. You see this back in Exodus where Moses got the Ten Commandments from God. And he, uh, those were the, that's the law. And so this old covenant is all about obeying the letter of the law. But, uh, yeah, so it's saying kind of like the nation of Israel will be blessed. They'll be blessed by God as long as they obey these laws, the Ten Commandments, and all these other sacraments and things that uh, God laid out in the old covenant. But we are a people, because of Christ, we live by a new covenant that was made not just for the Israelites, but for all people, all humans, all Gentiles of all nations. Uh, where And it focuses more on the obedience of the heart rather than obedience, just obeying the law, the letter of the law. And so that's the context a little bit. And so I'm not going to go into the super details of it because I don't have time because we don't have a lot of time tonight. But um, uh, that is enough for you guys to kind of understand um, this passage and how I'm going to break it down for you. Uh, now this whole passage is in reference to Exodus chapter 34 where Moses would go up to Mount Sinai, right, JP? JP, Mount Sinai? Sinai. Sorry, my bad. Sinai. And uh, he would meet with God on behalf of the Israelites. Because as you guys know, at that time, any Israelite could not go and actually meet God face to face because the glory of God, the holiness of God would literally kill them. 
And so Moses was the one set apart by God to go meet with God on behalf of the Israelites. He would converse with God. And what would happen is that there would be a literally a transference of glory between God and Moses. Right? Where Moses would go meet with God at the mountain. He'd converse with God. And then he would come down and his face would be beaming with lights. Radiating so much that he would have to wear a veil. Because it would blind the people. Right? See, a lot of you guys probably know this. He would have to wear a veil so that when he comes and talks to the people, what God said, right, they wouldn't get blinded by it. And so he would cover his face with a veil. Uh, yeah, they could literally not um, handle God's glory head on. But most people think that this was the only reason why Moses wore the veil. But I actually did some research, and I'm going to tell you guys what the actual reason of why Moses wore this veil was. If you guys look at verse 13 with me from what we read, the main passage, 2 Corinthians verse 13, it says, uh, Since we have such a hope, we are very bold, not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. At the outcome of what was being brought to an end. What that means is, Moses wore a veil because he didn't want, he didn't want the people to see that the glory of God was fading. Because, you know, when you have the light on your face and you come down, say I went to go meet with God and my light is beaming. My face is beaming with light and I come down to talk to you guys and you guys are talking to me and you're seeing this light kind of disappear, right? So he, Moses, didn't want the people to see the, the vanishing glory, right? The fading glory of God on his face, right? He didn't uh, want the Israelites to lose confidence when they saw that the glory was fading. This is why he wore the veil, because he was fearful, he was afraid that these people would uh, yeah, lose confidence in God. So this is why Paul is saying, we are bold, not like Moses in verse 12. Right? A veil is not a bold thing, amen? A veil is something you use to hide behind. Right? If this was my veil, I'm hiding behind you guys. Right? You guys cannot see me, I cannot see you. Right? A veil is not a bold thing to do. But see, we don't need a veil to prove that we have been in the presence of God. Nor do we need a veil to hide behind either. You know when you're about to go on stage, sometimes you're going to perform, and people tell you, hey, wear sunglasses, you know, because it'll calm your nerves down, you know? You know why? Because when you do that, you feel like you're hiding behind something. They can't see your eyes. So I don't know why when you think they can't see your eyes, they can't see all of you. But they can't see... Everything else except for your eyes. But you, there's this kind of like calm feeling like knowing that they can't really see me. They can't really see me when I wear my sunglasses. Uh, it's not only to uh, cover your eyes from like, you know, the light. But it's also, it, it gives you kind of this assurance, this calmness. I think same thing. I wonder about celebrities that wear sunglasses like at all times of the day when they're eating dinner, when they're walking around at night. You know why? It's not just because on stage they're, you know trying to keep hidden from the blinding lights. It's probably because they want to hide, right? They want to hide their face from people because they're celebrities. So there's an aspect of, you know, this veil covering you. It's, it's like you're hiding something. And so, um, yeah, it makes us feel safe. But see, taking that veil off, right? I feel safe right now because I don't see you guys. You know, if I, if I wore sunglasses, I probably would preach without being nervous right now. I'm a little nervous. But... Um, but yeah, when you take that veil off, it's pretty much saying, hey, you can see all of me. You can see my stress pimples. You can see my wrinkles because I'm getting older. I'm not that young anymore. Sorry. Sorry, the rest of the crew. My bad. I'm one of the youngest on staff. I'm sorry. 
We strain out anything disturbing in order to gain tenuous control of our inner world. We are frightened and ashamed of what leaks into our consciousness. We forget that change comes from brutal honesty and vulnerability before God. Right? We are false to ourselves and lose a wonderful opportunity to know God if we don't do this. Right? And so in 2 Corinthians verse, or chapter 12, verses 9-10, through 10, it says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. All right, so tonight, guys, I want to ask you a question, or maybe three, because <laughs> I have three written here. What have you been keeping hidden? What have you been keeping hidden? What have you been keeping beneath the surface? What have you been avoiding bringing to God? Ooh, that's, that's a tough one right there. What have you been avoiding bringing to God? See, some of you may have been struggling with the way that you see yourself, and so it might have been hard for you to believe what God sees in you because you don't believe that for yourself. Right? Some of you may have trust issues with God. You can't give him your hopes and dreams because you can't trust that he's going to be good enough to give that to you. You have a fear of failure. Right? You don't believe that God wants to bless you. And some of you may have a traumatic memory from the past that's haunting you, but you're just afraid to deal with it. Right? And some of you guys have guilt. Right? You guys are feeling guilt from sin from the past. And some of you guys may still be struggling with certain sin patterns now, and you're just covered in shame. But what we want to do tonight is we want to give you guys space to actually kind of look inside yourselves. Some of you guys might be the first time ever where you kind of have space to think about, man, like, are there any things in my life that I'm keeping from God? Are there some struggles or pains that I'm holding on to that I don't want to let go of? I might not even know that I have these things, but God, is there something? God, can you search my heart? Can you search my heart, God? Right, so I'm going to give you guys a few minutes uh, to ask yourself, what have I been hiding? What have I been avoiding? Right, can I get the pianist on uh, keys, please? Right, so I'm going to give you guys some, some, a couple minutes to kind of ask yourself, what have I been hiding? What have I been avoiding? Right, and some of you guys, while I was speaking and while I'm asking these questions, God's highlighting, Holy Spirit is highlighting things. He might be giving you guys vivid visions of certain moments, traumatic experiences, words that people said to you that spoke over you, that cut you deep, right? Things that your parents might have said to you growing up that hurt you, that shaped you, right? Certain traumatic incidents, maybe deaths in your family, deaths in your life, right? There's some things that God is highlighting and he wants to bring to the surface today. So I want to ask you guys, please take a moment. And if, if that's God's highlighting it, just take a moment and let Holy Spirit minister to you. But for those of you that don't know yet, I want to ask, take a moment to ask the Holy Spirit, highlight, highlight something, God. God, I, I don't want to leave here tonight unchanged. I don't want this to be a missed opportunity, God. What are you doing? What are you bringing to the surface? So I'm going to give you guys a few minutes to do that. <laughs> 